A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest mountain and raised above the hills. All nations shall stream toward it. Many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us climb the Lord's mountain to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may instruct us in his ways, and we may walk in his paths. For from Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall, he shall judge between the nations and impose terms on many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. One nation shall not raise the sword against another, nor shall they train for war again. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. I rejoiced because they said to me, we will go up to the house of the Lord. And now we have set foot within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city with compact unity. To it the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. According to the decree for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the, to, of, of the Lord. In it are set up judgment seats, set for the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you prosper. May peace be within your walls prosperity in your buildings. Because of my relatives and friends, I will say, peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord, our God, I will pray for your good. Dominus vobiscum, et cum spiritu tuo. 
Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Mateum. When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion approached him and appealed to him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, suffering dreadfully. He said to him, I will come and cure him. The centurion said in reply, Lord, I am not worthy to have you enter under my roof. Only say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man subject to authority, with soldiers subject to me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come here, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed, and said to those following him, Amen, I say to you, and no one in Israel have I found such faith. I say to you, many will come from the east and the west, and will recline with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the banquet in the kingdom of heaven. Verbum Domini. As we've entered into the season of Advent, we read the account of the vision of Isaiah in our first reading today. And it's about the nations streaming toward the Lord at Mount Zion. This has been understood as a reference to the second coming of Christ and the final judgment. As Isaiah says that the Lord will judge between the nations. And this is part of Advent, right? That we prepare, we look back toward our Lord's first coming at the incarnation we rejoice continually that our Lord comes to us every day, especially in the Holy Eucharist. And we look forward and prepare our hearts for the Lord's second coming, when he'll come to judge the living and the dead. And in addition, our reading today from Isaiah is also seen as pointing forward to the missionary work and the spread of the church throughout the world. The prophet said, all nations shall stream toward it. Many people shall come and say, come, let us climb the Lord's mountain that he may instruct us in his ways and may we walk in his paths. Right? The church is universal, composed of about a billion members throughout the world. It's for all nations. And it's in the church that all nations stream toward God. From the church, God's word continues to go out, offering instruction in God's ways that he, we might walk in God's paths. Our Lord may have had this passage of Isaiah in mind when he taught his disciples before he ascended into heaven, saying that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. That's very important, beginning from Jerusalem. Because in today's reading from Isaiah, we heard, for from Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. It starts there. The Lord entrusted to the apostles in the church a threefold power to teach God's revealed word. That's right, instruction goes forth to sanctify souls, especially through the administration of the sacraments, and to govern the faithful, leading and guiding them on the path toward heaven. And the church's teaching office, as we know, is not above the word of God. It serves the word of God, teaching only what has been handed on by Christ and listening to it and explaining it faithfully, handing it on to the world. 
And in our gospel passage today, our Lord expresses amazement at the faith of the centurion. There was another occasion in the gospels where our Lord expresses amazement or marvel, but that was at unbelief of his own townspeople in, um, in Nazareth. He expressed unbelief and he didn't carry out many mighty works there because of their unbelief. But today, St. Matthew tells us that our Lord was amazed at the faith of this centurion. St. Augustine brings up an interesting point in asking how the Lord would marvel, how he would be amazed since he knows all things. He knew this man had faith. St. Augustine says, when the Lord marvels, it's only to teach us what we ought to marvel at, what we ought to be amazed at. Our Lord is teaching us. He's giving us an example. And it does inspire us when we see great faith in others. The centurion had such great faith in the power of Christ that he believed that the word of Christ alone was enough to heal his servant from a distance. This is what our Lord wants us to marvel at. St. John Chrysostom offers a further point of consideration, asking, what did Jesus do? He offers not only to heal the centurion's servant, but also to come to his house. By this, we learn of the centurion's excellent faith. For if he had not made this offer, but rather had said, go your way, let your servant be healed, we would not have known these things. So perhaps it may have turned out to be like the, the leper, you know, who we see great gratitude, and that's inspiring. Because if the Lord, if this man would have come and said, my servant's suffering dreadfully, the Lord could have said, go, your servant's healed. But because he made that offer, I will come and cure him. That's what incited this, this centurion. This is what, you know, um, that, that spurred forth his humility by saying, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. And that's great humility, especially considering his public position. This is a centurion, a very powerful figure, a Roman officer who had a hundred soldiers under his care. And for him to say publicly, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. So we see because of the Lord, again, his excellent teaching style, he's the master teacher, he's our savior first and foremost, but he's always teaching us as well. Uh, right? he, he shows us this humility but also the faith, because it's also because he said, I will come and cure him, I will come and heal him, that this man expresses his humility, but also his faith. Lord, only say the word, and my servant will be healed. So we see these two great virtues in this centurion. And the Roman centurion today is also a model for us of going to the Lord in prayer. If we know that how the, the centurion approached the Lord, he didn't tell the Lord what to do. He simply said, Lord, my servant is paralyzed, suffering dreadfully. He didn't say heal him. He just let him know what the situation was. He brought it to the Lord, and he allowed the Lord to express how he best would handle it. And that can be helpful for us to consider. Rather than telling the Lord what to do or what we think he should do, we simply present the problem, we present our need to the Lord, and we trust that he knows what's best and he's going to do what's best. We can think of the wedding at Cana. It's exactly what Our Lady did. She didn't tell the Lord to, to do the miracle. She presented the problem. They have no wine. And then when Jesus said, woman, what is that to me and to you? She said, do whatever he tells you. She just simply told the servants to trust the Lord, do whatever he tells you to do. That's a wonderful example for our prayer. And it shows great trust in God's providential care.
So like the centurion in today's gospel, we also acknowledge our unworthiness to have our Lord enter under the roof of our souls in Holy Communion. And at the same time, we likewise express, express great faith and hope in him in God's healing power as we say with the centurion, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. I'll conclude with these words of St. Augustine. Faith should be accompanied by humility. What did the Lord praise in the centurion's faith? His humility. Lord, I am not worthy. And as a reward for his humility, the Lord entered under his roof. The centurion's humility was the door by which the Lord entered to take full possession of what he already possessed. <laughs>